Most of you are probably already aware of this, but this actually kicked off the DCAMU. Now, I've spoken positively about the DCAU many, many times, and I actually hope to cover some of it in the future over on the Streamination's feature, but for this, the DCAMU, from what I understand as of this recording, has actually stopped. That is to say, it's concluded with the movie I'm not going to mention for fear of spoilers, but the point being, it's done. Interesting to think about, that they actually managed to find a conclusory point. I wonder if they're going to do anything in the future with this concept, because, well, I've said this before, and I've said this, I'll say this a million times again, DC does best when it's in animated format. My opinion, between the DCAU, the Young Justice series, and this. Now, all that being said, uh, I don't want to praise this movie too much, because... Well, this movie relies just, just a little bit too much on superhero logic, where you're not really supposed to think about the powers the guys have, just kind of go with things, and then a lot of times things just kind of happen. But let's talk about the film proper. Barry, naturally, never actually lets go of the loss of his mother. Why would he? This is actually a good parallel between him and Bruce. Bruce, years and years and years and years and years and years later, even in the Batman Beyond series, if we're counting that, has never actually gotten over the death of his parents. On the one hand, you could say, well, yeah, why would they? And there's a truth to that. But my point is, well, they haven't gotten over it to a degree that is, frankly, unhealthy, and, of course, leads to the events of this film. You know... I do have to say, a speedster, a really good speedster, one who can move faster than time, is probably the single most OP guy uh, ever. Like, I don't think it gets much more overpowered than that, at least as long as you're prepped and warned. Like, as long as you are actively engaged, the other side has no chance. So it actually kind of weirds me out that anybody ever manages to do anything to the Flash. <sighs> this actually leads me to a thought. I mentioned in my notes, and the thing that reminded me of this point is, reminds me of the DCAU. You know one of the things I actually liked about the DCAU? It powered everyone down. Now, don't mistake me, it's nice to be super-powered every now and again, and, you know, Superman being the absolute ridiculous super-heavy is, is kind of neat, but if I'm being honest, that that does break believability after a certain point. When you make someone so good and so powerful, it starts to get a little bit silly at times, right? So, if the Flash really is that fast, why are any of these conflicts even a problem? I mean, God's sakes, he runs faster than his previous self, going through time while injured, which I actually don't even want to think about that, so let's just move on. This also leads to Zoom, a.k.a. Reverse Flash, a.k.a. Professor Chaos. Wait, that's the wrong character. He kind of acts that way, though, doesn't he? I will destroy the people who have subbed. <laughs> stomp. 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 One of the reasons I've always liked Captain Chaos, other than the fact that Butters is awesome, is the fact that he's such a good parody of dumb villains. I'm sorry, I've never liked Reverse Flash. Never. I've been told there's, like, one story where he's decent, and I don't recall it off the top of my head. Please forgive me. But... I just look at this like, okay, sure. So we see their varying methods on how they deal with the bombs, and everything's cool, and then Barry wakes up. Now what happens immediately is good exposition. World's on the verge of Armageddon. We have, he talks about the elongated kid, as opposed to the elongated man. Uh, the cold museum, 
which is kind of strange. And, of course, he has no powers, and his ring is missing, even though he actually still has it on him somehow. <laughs> so that's... All of that is good and quick exposition to get across the idea that things have changed. Cool. I'm with it. However, Barry's apparently a moron. I actually wrote down four separate instances. I, I had a thing saying Barry is an idiot who is a... Barry's a seasoned hero by this point, right? He has been the Flash for a while. He has his own rogues gallery. He takes forever to pick up on things. And I wrote down, like, I put a star next to that each time another iteration happened. Yeah. This course leads immediately to another good bit of good exposition. Wayne, and I'm going to be calling him that, by the way, Wayne beating the crap out of Yo-Yo and nearly murdering her. I suppose it could be killing, since she was kind of trying to kill him, too, but eh. Either way, the relevant point here is that Wayne is searching for the Joker, because of course he is. This then leads to terrible exposition. Can we all take a moment, by the way, to appreciate that Michael B. Jordan is absolutely wasted in his role? Oh, don't mistake me, Cyborg's cool. You know, he's one of the better of that particular arc, but, um... Like, why would you give an amazing actor, like Michael Jordan, Michael B., you know what I mean, this kind of a role? I, I guess it's just sort of a whatever, but either way... Cyborg shows up and exposits in one of the most classic as-you-know manners available. It would literally be if, as if I stepped down and was like, Okay, <clears throat> as you know, viewer who's watching this, my name is the Lore Runner, and I do videos. As a result of these videos that I do, I try to maintain my... This is all stuff you already know. I'm expositing this for the unknown viewer over there. That's, it, this is the textbook example of as-you-know, which, in my opinion is the worst possible type of exposition. I've been pointing this out because, again, they do a good job earlier, and then they do a terrible job here. It's like it was here for the people who they were worried were too stupid to figure out what was going on, even though it's pretty well done. But hear me out. Because I could forgive the earlier sequences being, I, I hate to say this, but too subtle, or the kind of thing you wouldn't notice unless you're paying attention. And I am analyzing this, but hold on to that for later, okay? So... They said they have to find the best tactician in the world in order to be able to have a chance against the forces of the Atlanteans and the, uh, Hippolitans? I actually don't remember what they call them in this. You know, the Amazonians. The Amazonians and the, the Atlanteans. Okay. You know what his response is to that? The war's over. Everybody lost. But what's really funny about that is he is absolutely right. The greatest tactician in the world looked at the situation and says, Nope! And he is correct. The only reason he bothers with any of this is because of the fact that he thinks it can be undone. Because he has looked at the current scenario many times, and he has determined it is unsolvable. And he is right. <laughs> he may not be his son, but he is still right here. So, this then leads to... Uh, there's this really weird section where Barry's trying to get to Gotham to connect with bats, because of course he is... This is one of those other things where he's stupid. But anyway, so he's trying to find Bruce, and he's driving in. You notice there's tons and tons of people entering Gotham, and, like, one car leaves. Why? I have to admit, that just made me pause, like, wait a second, because that's a very obvious visual, very clearly and intentionally done. Is Gotham the only safe city? Is that the implication? And yet, despite that, that the Joker is still out and about and active, doing whatever it is she's doing right now. I don't know, just, just food for thought.
Anyways, so this then cuts to Diana, who murders Steve Trevor. Ha ha. Also, some interesting choices. If I could just jump down the list here really quick. We've got Steve Blum as Lex Luthor in what is effectively a cameo. Carrie Elwes plays Arthur, that is to say Aquaman. Actually does a really good job of it, too. And Nathan Fillion plays Hal Jordan and does a really good job of it. I have to admit, if I had to pick someone to play Hal Jordan after uh, Ryan Reynolds, it, it would probably go ahead and be Nathan Fillion. And I know what you're thinking. Wait, what? You actually want Ryan Reynolds to play Hal Jordan? I mean, I think he would do a good job of it if the script wasn't garbage. Anyways, <clears throat> look, I didn't like the film. I know some people did. I am not one of those people. Sorry. Moving on. So, this then leads to uh, Wayne and Barry. They have their exposition. By the way, Wayne breaks one of his fingers, threatens to break the other one. Just kind of shows his overall approach. Earlier we saw him threaten to rip out the tongue and all that. We do see that he is a little darker. Oh yeah, by the way, he primarily fights using guns. That's a shift. Anyways, the point being, he's threatening Barry. Barry figures out. The two kind of connect. They understand each other, blah, blah, blah. My favorite part, though, is when Barry starts expositing about Zoom, right? And... Bruce just looks at him and kind of... Excuse me, Bruce. It's not Bruce. It's such a habit to call him Bruce or Bats. It's neither. That's why I, I wrote in all my notes, Wayne, so I could distinguish him. Wayne immediately identifies the kind of person Zoom is. Someone who hates you so much that it's not enough for them to simply hate you and hurt you, but they need you to know it. They need you to know that they did it. While he wanders over and looks at a bunch of calling cards on a wall. That's nice. That's a nice little section. He also is immediately on board for the most selfish of reasons, to save his son. Remember that one for later. So they try their first experiment, and it goes exactly as you would imagine. Ah, yeah, that's cute. I do think one of the biggest reasons why Wayne buys into this, aside from the fact that his story lines up and makes a degree of sense, is the fact that Barry is absolutely willing to go to the, to the wall for this. And... Wayne, just like his son, is an extremely good judge of character. He can tell he's not being BS'd. And he looks at Barry and is like, okay, someone who's willing to be intentionally shot by lightning probably is legit or insane. What have I got to lose? And the answer is, of course, nothing. The world is doomed. He is right. You'll notice all he's doing with his final days is trying to find the Joker. That's it. That's his final objective. So... This also then leads to Cyborg being removed from active duty by the president. Why? Cyborg is uh, Cyborg. He's not the heavy. He's not as heavy as some of the actual heavies. But he's still like a, a upper medium, for God's sakes. Don't you want him involved in this? I just, okay, whatever. This then leads to what I actually think is the best sequence of scenes in the entire film. First we see Soups' pod landing in the middle of the city. We see Diana and Arthur having an affair. We see Mira go after Diana. And Diana, well, actually, we don't see the fight, which is actually good. What we see is the aftermath of the fight. And Diana puts on the Atlantean crown and lifts up Mira's head. We also then see Wayne brutally beat his son's killer to death with his bare hands. And we finally see who the Joker is. Martha. Why did you say that name? Shut up. Martha, 
who smears the blood on her mouth and just starts cackling maniacally. This whole sequence, that's good exposition. And that's why I wanted you to remember that earlier part. The whole thing about the Atlantean, you know, war and all that, all that dialogue was completely unnecessary because all of it is immediately supplanted by these sequences. This is how you do exposition. It's actually a little bit too obvious, but it's still good stuff, especially since this is trying to kick off a bit of a franchise, which it did. Getting everyone on board with the ideas and where we're at. I know this is kind of based on New 52 as well. I know there's also some other stuff which is kind of ejected from the film, which is in New 52. Let's just leave that at the door for right now. Point being, that's some good stuff. That's some good exposition. And it's why that earlier scene bothered me even more. Because it was already just, huh? But then it becomes completely unnecessary because a later scene literally replaces it. So we get the same story twice. So now we have a ticking clock. Yay. This actually irritates me. Your memories are acclimating to this timeline. Why? No explanation given. Okay, sure. Um, we also find out what the Atlantean superweapon is. Earlier in the film, they mentioned that Captain Adam had headed out there without a plan, and he had gone missing. Well, they managed to capture him, and Captain Adam is the superweapon. That makes sense, too. That's, uh, yeah, it's messed up. <clears throat> so he vibrates the colors on his suit. How? And this also leads to a bit of the motif that we mentioned earlier. He's not fast enough. He couldn't save his mother, couldn't save anyone or anything, because he simply wasn't fast enough. I'm not really super into that motif, and funnily enough, it doesn't even come up again later. So let's just eject that and get to the more interesting section. They break into a government facility to rescue soups. Now, I know I mentioned earlier that I like the depowered things, but I have to admit I've always liked that idea of the nuclear option. That's what I call it. It's something I refer to. It's actually a gaming term. It's when everything else has failed and you've used your regular abilities and you're low on MP and you're low on whatever, and you throw out the one thing that you can only do once every ten minutes in an MMO, or once per game in like a single-player RPG. It's it's this one mega super nuke that you pull out when everything else has failed, and it's like, okay, it's time to get absolutely serious. That's the nuclear option. In Pokemon, you know, you have that one guy who you don't actually use in your main team because you're leveling your main team, but you have that one Pokemon in the back row who's just waiting to come up and absolutely wreck face if needed, right? And that is Soup's. And I do like that, admittedly, there being the one nuclear option, uh, no pun intended. I suppose over in Marvel, Marvel, that would probably most most strongly qualify as someone like the Hulk or something similar, right? The Planet Cracker? The World Breaker? So they go to find Soups. He is emaciated and being held under Red Sun. I wonder how many people had to die for them to figure out exactly what weakened him like that. <laughs> There's also all the failed clones. Ooh, that's some uh, that's some good exposition too, right there. We can see just how many times they attempted to replicate him and failed miserably. Anywho, he's brought out, and um, what happens is the government decides to go after Cyborg, Wayne, and Flash. Let's ignore Soups for a second. So already they're screwed. But of course, Cyborg doesn't want to kill them, and Flash doesn't want to kill them. You notice Flash actually disarms them. And, of course, Wayne doesn't give a crap, but he just doesn't want to escalate this any further. Soups then gets angry. 
and unintentionally activates his beams, which vaporize only part of people, like we see later. Their legs are still intact, it's just the rest of them is now a black smear on the ground. I mentioned this film's a little bit dark. In a good way, though. I like it. Naturally, he freaks out about that, and this then leads to him deciding to get the hell out of Dodge because he doesn't want to hurt anyone, and you get the impression he's, he's just peaced out. So the nuclear option has been removed. Damn. Meanwhile, Hal... Hal is piloting this super suit thing. Oh, by the way, apparently the, the ring couldn't find anyone worthwhile on this planet. Insert your own comment here. They're all good. But the ring pieces out. Pieced out 30 years ago, or however long it's been. So Hal is the guy... Oh, by the way, I mentioned Nathan Fillion voices Hal. Danny Huston voices General Lane. If you don't know who that is, look up his name. That's Danny Huston, H-U-S-T-O-N. And then just do a Google image search. You'll know the face if you're familiar with comic book stuff. I, I almost guarantee it. And that just got a laugh out of me. Anyways, <clears throat> so Hal goes to do a suicide attack. And for some reason, it only kills the Kraken he's in. you think he would do a little more damage than that. Either way, he dies. That sucks. No parallax, so that's, that's good. The, the the big fight at the end of the film kind of starts up, and I don't have much to say about these things as I usually don't, but I do find a couple things interesting. First of all, they bring in Shazam. Now, Shazam's a heavy. Um, uh, he's actually someone who can and has gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with Soups, at least when Soups isn't really trying to hurt him. So that, that, that gives you an idea of the level he's at. Shazam actually does really well, right up until Diana manages to get to the rope around him and forces him to de decompress, and it turns into all the kids, and then Diana murders a child. Is it just me? Or in almost every alternate universe thing that DC does, all the Elseworlds they push out, Diana's always just this mass-murdering psychopath. You ever notice that? Like, in Injustice, that's a perfect example. She was right up there with Red Superman, and just, yeah, let's just... <laughs> screw it, screw everyone, kill everyone. Right? Like, she is a straight-up war hawk. It's just kind of funny, considering, you know, how Diana usually is. I mean, look at uh, the, the films, the live-action films we've gotten. I, I guess I should say film, because as of my saying this, Wonder Woman 1984 has not come out yet. I hope it's good. Did it come out yet? I don't know. <laughs> Everything's been pushed back because of COVID. What can I say? But anyways, like I said, um, it's just funny to see that in almost every single thing. It's almost as big as soups going evil. Anywho, this then leads to a big final confrontation thing. Diana kills a child. Arthur kills Cyborg. Uh, soups severely did. You'll notice that Arthur has been fine this whole time. Of course he has. He's Aquaman and ha-ha, he's pathetic, has never been valid, really, except in, like, the Super Friends. Aquaman is also a heavy, except he is still nowhere near Soups' weight class. Soups walks in and effortlessly chops off the guy's arm, doesn't even try. You'll notice almost nothing else anyone's done has really damaged him all that much. This then leads to Diana and Arthur having their big con confrontation, Diana murders him and says she's going to kill every male on the planet. <laughs> That's neat. And then he decides to set off the bomb, set off Captain Adam, to just destroy the planet. So, that's neat. 
my favorite bit is actually that Zoom... Oh, yeah, by the way, Zoom's in this. Um, he's taunting Barry the whole time, and all his attention is on Barry. You remember how I mentioned earlier that a speedster is, is very high tier? Well, the speedster's not a heavy. And the reason why is because a speedster's ability and competency in, in combat or in utility depends entirely on how much they're paying attention. A speedster who doesn't see it coming is screwed. So Zoom is looking at Barry, and Wayne shoots him in the head. Boom. Dead. Something about that really works for me. This also then leads to the thing I, I kind of referenced earlier, and I want to fall through on here. Barry screwed all of this over because he never got over the death of his mother. He caused all of this because he could not endure that. And so for his selfish desire, he wanted to save the life of the one close to him. Zoom even points this out. You could have saved all sorts of other people. But no, no, you decided to save your mom. Now, Zoom says that makes him a villain. I don't agree. Uh, I think it makes him human. It's nice to say, oh, we could save the world, or billions, or stop a war. But if it came down to it, I imagine most of us, if we had power, personal power, we'd probably try to use it to help the people we love first. Right? This is then wonderfully mirrored because Wayne did all of this only for one reason. For one life. His son. He put up with all of this because the world was ending. He lost his family. He lost his city. Everything's gone to hell. Who gives a crap? But, but there might be a chance to save Bruce. So he writes the letter. He probably should have given that to Flash earlier. Writes the letter. Gives it to Barry. And dies. And kills. And put up with everything just for the chance to alter history to save one, one life. I like that. It's a nice symmetry. So then Barry stops the ultimate villain of the work, um, himself. We have a little denouement, a couple of nice little moments. I do like that we got to see the letter, that he did actually give the letter to Bruce. <laughs> Kevin Conroy, by the way. Awesome to hear him again. And uh, I, I tried to read the letter. Unfortunately, all I saw is we fight for what we lost, which is written at the end. I'll, I'll go ahead and admit it. That caught me in the feels. It really did. That was good. That was good stuff. And, of course, this is only the beginning. There's a post-credits thing, because, of course, there is, which leads to, I believe, the invasion by Apocalypse. No, not the that one. The other Apocalypse. The planet, not the person. I, final thoughts. I, these aren't reviews, obviously, but if you're interested at all in DC stuff, there are substantially worse ways to go. And frankly, if you don't have the time or the money for the comics, this is not a bad thing to get into. The DC, the DCAMU, gotta say that correctly. I would still probably recommend the DCAU over this, but I will also admit getting a hold of the entire DCAU and knowing which order in order to watch it in, well, that, that involves some investments. If you just want to sit down and enjoy some DC superheroes, you could do a lot worse than this. Hope you've enjoyed my thoughts, guys. See you next time.